Greetings, steampunk survivalists, and welcome back to the Steampunk Dollhouse Supplemental. Today, we will be covering Chapter 2 of A Steampunk's Guide to the Apocalypse, which discusses the varying methods for procuring, sanitizing, and safely storing that sweet, sweet liquid of life. We all need it, but we can't always find it. And unlike cats, we can't drink seawater, so we'll have to think of other methods for keeping ourselves hydrated through that long nuclear winter. Chapter 2. The Accumulation filtration, and storage of water. Water is available to our needs in three primary forms. There is surface water, rainwater, and groundwater. Surface water is obvious, easy to collect, and often the most dangerous of the three. Surface water includes rivers, lakes, ponds, oceans, and all the assorted standing and running waters of the world. Surface water is easily contaminated. In the mountains, where you might logically have determined to stay, the runoff from logging, mining, and other industrial processes are likely to have poisoned any creek, river, or lake. In areas more densely inhabited, it is the feces of human and beast that can cause the most worry to a potential survivor. Indeed, there is nary a brook in our over-inhabited world that would be safe to put your mouth to. Such dire speech aside, surface water can be treated and serve as an excellent source of potable water. Search out rapid white water that moves over rocks as a method of aeration. Better still, search out the springs from which the water bubbles forth from underground. If you have no method of filtration, this is perhaps the only surface water you can hope to drink from without referring to Chapter 5, A Brief Introduction to Contagion. Be wary, however, there are false springs abounding from which contaminated water emerges after having traversed only a short distance through the earth. With surface water, consult the charts, graphs, and methods with the utmost care for here they apply most strongly, and you will be able to find these charts, graphs, and methods on the website posted under figure 2-2. Those who live near the sea need not despair. Although salted water is poison to the thirsty, it can be desalinated with the simple process of solar distillation. Rainwater. Rainwater is a marvelous source of potable water, and its acquisition will require a splendid array of apparatus that may range from simple to complex. A single millimeter of rainfall caught over one square meter will yield you nearly a full liter of water. Consider, if you will, occupying an abandoned suburb with your plethora of fine companions. The systems are already in place to expedite the rainwater collection process. There are rain spouts that beg to be fed into barrels. There are gutters in the street that, once cleaned, will lead to fresh water to your waiting water system. If you are constructing a dwelling of your own, far from the remnants of a civilized society, then consider building your roof with materials smooth, dense, and non-toxic. Reclaimed aluminum panels would serve your purpose, as would soda cans cut into squares and nailed into place. Mud would also serve, but thatch might attract pests and nuisances that may contaminate your drinking water. Your storage containers, be they barrels of wood, plastic, or metal, ought to be covered at all times to eliminate any fear of contamination. Every pipe and possible entry point for the dreaded mosquito must be kept screened, excepting, of course, the faucet. Snow is also a form of rainwater, albeit frozen, and can be gathered as well. Ten parts of snow will yield one part water. It is best melted in places other than your mouth. Groundwater. There are two primary advantages to groundwater. 
Firstly, there are the beautiful mechanical pumps that may be gathered or constructed to suit your purposes. Secondly, groundwater is consistent and most often free of contamination, having filtered through the very earth itself. There is, however, a major flaw that groundwater carries for our purposes. It is notoriously, damnably hard to collect. But can a thing truly be considered a flaw if it requires a percussion drill to overcome? We fully endorse any method of survival that utilizes a bicycle-driven auger as well. And for more instructions on how to build this bicycle-driven auger, see the website and figure 2-1. Wells can also be dug by hand with shovels, but we consider this to be a remarkably uninteresting method and will merely suggest that the sides of the well be reinforced perhaps with such recycled materials as aluminum roofing or metal culverts, and that gravel is placed at the bottom. Great care must be taken to avoid death as well. Choosing where to locate a well is an important decision. The trick is to dig or drill where the water table is both deep and buried under quite little earth. With these considerations, your well will not be unfathomably difficult to build, nor will it be dry when the rains and snow melt abandon the land. It is best to consult hydrological maps and topographical maps as well. We suggest stockpiling maps of your area before the inevitable occurs and before they're all removed, side note, by the government. Purchasable in the United States as the Groundwater Atlas of the United States, directly from the United States Geological Survey. And again, side note, so much stuff has been removed lately from government websites and uh, repositories you might want to check to see that they're still there. Moving on. If you procrastinate, then said maps might be recovered from government libraries after the less informed and more violent looters have made their way through. Alrighty, we're going to avoid the political jokes there and move on to purification. While most concepts of purification are remarkably negative and frightening, bringing to mind such monstrosities as cultural purification... The purification of water is an absolute necessity. For simple filtration, pour your water through your handkerchief and you will filter out most of the dirt. This is a good first step and it will keep your water filters in good spirits. For this, you can also see figure 2-3, which <laughs> lists gross water, a cloth, and slightly less gross water. For commercial products, due to the drastic price reduction that is ascertained to occur when the end comes, we highly recommend acquiring various commercial water filters of the hand pump variety and multiple replacement cartridges. These filters are lightweight, convenient, and safe. Homemade carbon filter. A simple gravity water filter can be constructed from an empty plastic bottle, cotton, and active I was going to say aggravated, activated charcoal. Activated charcoal can be acquired from pet shops for use in aquariums or from pharmacies as it is useful in counteracting many poisons and illnesses. It can also be created, although not with ease. Charcoal is created by baking plant matter in an atmosphere devoid of oxygen. In non-industrialized countries, like what your area will become, this is often accomplished by the burying of smoldering wood. Activated charcoal, however, is charcoal that has been blasted by steam or another source of oxygen. Experimentation might find that it can be readily available as a byproduct of the steam engine process. For storage, as the sun rises and falls, unmoving water shall settle out impurities, and bacteria deprived of their hosts shall die. Four and twenty hours ought to kill about half their number. A system of three or four storage tanks may be utilized. 
Keep water in the first for one day, the second the next, following in this pattern. Ascertain that the movement from one container to the next does not disturb the settled impurities, of course. We do not recommend that you store water in any receptacles that are previously inhabited by toxic chemicals. For boiling, the pathogens that we fear can be brought to death rather instantaneously by bringing water to a boil, excepting high altitudes where a longer, longer boil may prove necessary. Add one minute's time for every thousand meters in altitude. Strain the water beforehand. While the water is boiling, considering adding herbs or the needles of pine to make an excellent tea. For chemical treatments, chlorine, ble chlorine bleach has proved its effectiveness in the disinfection of water. It has also been proven to poison the body if used absentmindedly. Furthermore, even powdered bleach has a shelf life of only 10 years, so it is a stopgap measure at best. To apply bleach, determine the composition of your solution. If it is 1% chlorine, then apply 10 drops per liter. 2 to 6%, use 2 drops. 7 to 10%, a single drop might suffice. If your water is cloudy, double your dose. Let the water sit for a half hour and then smell it. If it smells like chlorine, then you may drink it. Otherwise, repeat. Aspiring chemists will be excited to attempt a second method, utilizing iodine. Iodine tablets have a poor shelf life. Iodine solution is viable and readily available from the first aid kits. To use the solution, add 8 drops to 1 liter of water and let it sit for 15 minutes. To make your own iodine solution, one need only obtain USP grade resublimed iodine crystals available from chemical distributors or school laboratories. Take a pinch of the crystals, up to 8 grams or so, and place them in a vial of approximately 100 milliliters volume with clean water. Never allow the crystals to be exposed to air for more than a single moment or they shall sublime to gas. Allow the solution to infuse more fully by warming against your body or in the sun. Then use the solution, but not the crystals, to disinfect your drinking water. The crystals can be reused through hundreds of cycles. Solar disinfection. Close to the equator, where the sun shines most fierce, water can be cleansed by a combination of solar radiation and heat. Fill PET plastic bottles, identifiable by a number one on their recycling code, or glass bottles, with water. Paint one half black and place them so they lie on their sides on a reflecting surface, such as aluminum roofing, available from scaffolds in most cities. Leave the bottles in the sun for six hours on a sunny day or for two consecutive cloudy days. See figure 2-5. For distillation, the evaporation and recondensing of water, it is a very effective method to use. In fact, it is the only method that will remove salt from water. It is also a most beautiful process, one that can involve much ingenuity and contraption. Its great flaw, however, is its own perfection. Essential minerals are removed from the water, the absence of which may have a detrimental effect on the body. To make a sand filter is easier than making lasagna and it utilizes the very same principles. It is all about layers. The larger the container, the more water you can filter at a time. It is quite possible to set up a simple system with two containers, one for water of questionable origin, and one that serves to filter said water, transforming it from a source of death into a source of life. Of course, if you don't have the time to build an elaborate self-feeding contraption, you can always simply pour buckets of water directly into your sand filter. The sand filter is perhaps the most natural and arguably most effective method of purification, which is why spring water is so highly valued. The sand filter reduces the concentration of part particulate matter, including suspended particles, dirt and sludge, parasites, algae, 
viruses, fungi, bugs, and a range of dissolved and particulate material that might end your life. It cannot, however, save you from the horrors of water contaminated by heavy metals or radiation. To begin, find a good solid container like a 50-gallon drum or a 5-gallon bucket. Attach a spigot or cut a pencil width hole approximately 1 inch from the bottom. If you would like, you may put multiple holes at the same height around the base in order to filter faster. Put a receiving container of some sort in order to catch your purified water. Place a fine screen, a piece of stocking, or some other material over the hole on the outside to make replacement a simpler task. To prevent sand from escaping the filter and finding its way into your drinking water. Such sand would not hurt you, but it would look and taste nasty. Put about an inch or two of gravel, marbles, clay shards, pebbles, or whatnot into the bottom of your filter, covering the hole entirely. This will reduce the amount of sand that escapes the filter to clog your screen and also provide some aeration in your system. Put between an inch and five inches of wet sand on top of this base of gravel. Sand may be acquired from beaches, deserts, or cement factories. You may also find sand in many highway barricades, the orange and yellow plastic containers, Make sure you run, run this sand through a screen, such as a window screen, to remove twigs and other debris. The more sand you use in each layer, the slower your filter will work, but the less often you will have to replace it. Each inch of sand in a 50-gallon drum can filter 3 gallons of water. So if you have 30 inches of sand in total, your container can filter 90 gallons of water before you must replace or purify the sand. After this first layer of sand, add half an inch of crushed charcoal. Make certain this layer is covered and even. Charcoal from a store may be used as long as it does not have lighter fluid already added or if it is match light. You can also use wood charcoal from a fire pit. In fact, any organic matter that is burned will produce some charcoal. Add a second layer of sand, then a second of charcoal, and finally a third and final layer of sand. This final layer should be 25% thicker than previous layers. On top of this, you should place a splash rock. This could be a flat rock, a saucer, a piece of tile, or anything solid that won't wear away from the water that will flow on it. The splash rock keeps the contaminated water from digging a hole in your filter as you pour it in. To clean a filter, you can replace all the layers, sand and charcoal alike, and then either wipe the container with soap or leave it in the sun for the day. Clean the splash rock for good measure. Replace the, sc replace the screen or clean it well. The sand, but not the charcoal, can be conserved by adding a bit of bleach to some water and soaking the sand before letting it dry in the sun. But if it smells strange, or it begins to grow algae, then it should be discarded. The sand filter is not a swift solution, of course. Some people opt to stack multiple source water barrels on top of one another to produce high water pressure. But if you do this, you will need a larger splash rock, one that fills nearly the entire circumference of the filter. And with that, we are done with this episode of the Steampunk Survival Guide. We will see you later this week for Coin-Operated Boy, or How the Clockwork Slaves Found Their Names, The Alchemy Wars Trilogy by Ian Tregillis. Have a good week. Lips was written by Margaret Kiljoy and narrated by Elizabeth Hedrick and is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike 3.0 and ported. You can find more information about the passions and projects of Mark Kiljoy at birdsbeforethestorm.net. Additional episode writing by Elizabeth Hedrick. Produced by Elizabeth Hedrick and Matt Davis. The background music in this episode was Cantina Rag by Jackson F. Smith, which can be found at thefreemusicarchive.org. For more information about the text and music used in today's episode, 
please see the show notes or visit our website at spdhpod.com. Please do keep in mind that any tips, hints, how-tos, or advice given in these supplemental episodes is for entertainment only. Many of these activities could be dangerous and or illegal. And finally, we thank you for tuning in. I'll keep reading your rights for as long as you keep listening. Blue Stocking out.